0: All right. Well, we've been in a series for the last few weeks called Life of Abundance. Uh, Could you please turn over to John 10, 10? We'll start there and we'll go a little bit further. John 10, verse 10. It's because he came, which is what we're celebrating this time of year, Because he came, that we can expect good things in this life. John 10, verse, actually, we'll go to verse 1. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Aren't you glad he knows your name? Amen? Do you know he knows your name? Praise God. He knows each one each person. He knows everyone, but those that are His, specifically, He leads and guides, and He knows us, and He calls us by our name. The Lord knows more about you than you've forgotten. He's forgotten more about you than, than you know, and He doesn't forget, so you know what that means. He knows every little thing about you that you're not even aware of. You think you know somebody. Well, you don't know him like he knows. He is God. Things that you didn't see clearly, maybe you've walked through situations and you thought you saw. He knows exactly, precisely what the real situation is. He's not clouded by human perception. He's not clouded by uh, human experience. He's not clouded by emotion. He's not clouded by any kind of lack of understanding. The way he sees is right. It's perfect. If you know you know if you've ever seen baseball game or really any sport any sport, but you know uh, they'll have plays at one of the bases, first base, second base, or whatever. The umpire's there to call the guys safer out. Well, you know now we uh you know, with all the technology we have, we can see they always will, you know, even if they're not using instant replay per se in the game, they'll show the instant replay and say, well, he missed the call or whatever. Well, he's got to make the call like this. He doesn't have the benefit, you know, in any sport you look at. But he is going to, to do the best he can based on his experience and it amazes me how good these guys are in general. You know, you think, oh, you know, it, you thought it was the other way, and then they will put the replay on it. A lot of times, nope, he got it. it, it was, they, they can, they've done it so many times, they can see what happened. And even to you, you thought it looked one way, but then they replay it slow. And, well, the guy got it right. But every once in a while, they do miss it. They saw it one way, they called it one way, but it was the wrong way. Right? And then people get all bent out of shape like the people ought to be just completely perfect. You know, hard it is to do what they do. It's not easy, but God does never miss. He never misses a call. He never when he talks, when he sees a situation, when he talks about a situation, when he talks, when he speaks about a situation, the way he sees it is right. It's perfect. In other words, he didn't miss. He didn't miss the angle. He didn't just miss what somebody said and that changed it, everything. You know, if he would have heard, he thought he knew it, but then if he would have heard you know, the real story, he knows the real story. He knows everything. I mean, we can't really wrap our mind around it. We say by faith that's true. We, we don't really understand that. Our minds are finite. We think there's a limit to things. Well, there's not a limit to him. The only limits he has are what he's placed on himself. Amazing. So he sees perfect. He sees right. And he knows every person perfectly. You can't hide anything from him. (laughs) You know, sometimes uh, you see somebody, they'll... Use the the the, uh, Lord's name in vain, or something, then see somebody else's round. Oh, well, I shouldn't have said that. Well, God saw it, regardless if another person saw it, which we shouldn't be concerned about the other person. Did God see it? He knows. There's no use trying to hide anything from Him. He already knows. Sometimes we go away and try to be like, well, I don't want to go to God because he's going to be mad at me. Well, we have to understand. Number one is character. We're going to be talking about some things today. He's not holding something over us like he's trying to wait for us, wait to beat us up. That's not his heart. That's not his will. That's not him. But regardless, acting like he doesn't know, that's just, what are we doing? He saw it before, he knew what we were going to do before we did it, and he saw it regardless if anybody was there or not. And it works both ways. Not just to talk about negative stuff. He knows what you do for him regardless if a man sees it. You know we were talking about earlier? Being faithful to do what he would have us to do because he sees it, Regardless if anybody else does, because he knows and he sees and he sees the faithfulness and he looks on the heart and he knows the heart and he knows when you're doing something for him, somebody, a human can misunderstand you, but God will not. He knows the motive. He knows the intent and he sees when you do something for him, it blesses him regardless if anybody else sees it. He rewards faithfulness. He will bless you because we give access to Him, because we work with Him. Don't ever be concerned about what people, don't be concerned about people seeing you, be concerned about the Lord seeing you. Don't try to get in front of people, make sure, you know, the boss sees you do something. That's acting like a man-pleaser. Our trust is in Him. He knows us. He knows our hearts. He knows where we are. He knows His plans for us. And if we'll just come, just live life before Him, He sees the things men don't see. He knows what men don't know. Good or bad. So we ought to just understand, and we're going to be talking about it more today, he is good, he is not the one that we should run away from, and he knows where we are, if rather we tell him or not. He knows. He knows right now. He knows all the secret thoughts of our heart. He knows what we do when we miss it, so there's no use running away and acting like we don't want him to find out. He knows. He knows what we do when we do it for Him. He knows when you attempted to do something good and it came out and somebody misunderstood. Well, don't fret. Don't get like, well, i gotta, I got to make it right. i got to make sure that they understand. I wasn't doing that. We can relax and just say, God is on my side. I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to try to make sure everybody understands everything perfectly because sometimes people are going to misunderstand what I need to know is, I acted according to my understanding with God. I, I, I acted with a clear conscience. I was doing my best to serve Him. And then we let Him deal with the details. That doesn't mean you don't ever, you know... Defend yourself in certain areas or whatever. But I'm talking about we can't act like the other people are the key element. And if I don't get it across these people, then I'm going to miss out. That's not trust in God. That's trust in man. That's trying to make sure I got to get everything right. I got to make sure they understand that. Oh, they went away and they didn't understand. I got to make sure. Well, what is that? Couldn't God make sure? Couldn't he? uh, He could vindicate us. He's, he did it over and over in the Word. He, he, the Bible says, the things that are done in secret will come to light. He knows. He knows. You say he knows what? He knows everything. <laughs> you name it, he knows it. That's freeing. Well, God, He just does. Somebody doesn't understand my situation. God does. Well, I didn't mean it like that, and I got here, and I wish I could have. And there's one that understands. The Almighty understands. Hallelujah. He is a good God, and He knows you. He knows us. Praise God. Well, nobody cares about me. God does. Nobody knows this situation. He does, they, nobody knows what, I, what I'm going through here. God does. There isn't a better person, because he is a person. He's not a man, but he's a person. There isn't a better person to know about your situation than him. Well, if so-and-so knew, maybe they would help me. Well, God knows And you have his, he has your back. Hallelujah. That was worth coming out right there. If you just meditated on that the rest of the week, you'd be blessed. He knows your name. He knows where you're going. He knows where you come from. How, who could we get that would be better than him to walk with? And to to navigate this life with. You can't get get anybody better. No human. Humans are limited, but God is not. So it says, "To To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. God's not the one that came to steal, kill and destroy. That's not him. It's not him. People have been confused by religion in this world, thinking God is the destroyer. He's not the destroyer, and he's not the one to be scared of. The fact that he knows everything about us should not be a scary thing. Now, it, should, it shouldn't also make us real loose. If you know what he, that he knows, well, if we trust him, that, that will snap us into shape. But it shouldn't be a fear. Like runaway fear, fear in the sense of reverence and knowing Him. That He knows us, but His intent isn't to call us out. God's intent is not to humiliate. It's not to point His finger. It's not to look for you to fail and then spread it in front of everybody. That's not His person. That's not who He is. He is a God of love. He is a God of justice. He is a God of mercy. But here it says that Jesus, Jesus himself said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. This is his will for every person. Is that we would have life and have it more abundantly. And we taught, we we spent some time on it. Uh, a couple messages ago, that God is not the thief. We're not going to repeat everything we said there, but if you missed it, go back and listen to it. God is not the thief. He is not the destroyer. He is not the one that is going to take you out. He's not the one that we need to run away from. We need to realize He is the Almighty and run to Him because He already knows everything anyway. Where The Bible says you can't hide anywhere from Him. Where are you going to go? There is no. You can try to run, but he's there. You run a different place. He's there. You go to a dark room. He's there. You go to a light room. He's there. We can't run from him, but we we shouldn't want to run from him. If we're running from him, it shows that we don't understand what we're talking about right here. He is the God that came. Jesus, the reason he came is so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't come for himself. He didn't need to be saved. Jesus didn't need, didn't, he didn't need to come here and, uh, for his own good. He came here and laid down his life. Came here, was born as a little baby human. 100% man, 100% God. But for you and for me. That's his heart, is for us to have a good life. But... If we're running from him, it shows we don't understand he's actually the good one. Praise God. Satan is the lie. He's a liar. He's the one trying to get us to run. He's saying, eh, it's God and trying to get you to run away from God. Well, if you're running away from God, then we're actually on the thief's territory. But there's no reason to be, because God's good. We're running away from good at bad, but we think we're running away from God. To get away from what? Good? Let's let's look at uh, this real quick. We've done it before, but let's look at this in a, a few different translations, and we'll get going further. Can you put that up in the New Living Translation? The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, Jesus said, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Why would you want to run away from that? Ooh, rich and satisfying, I'm out of here. What? This is too rich and satisfying, I'm leaving. I've had enough. Well, I mean, you know, there is a time for that. You're at the buffet. It was rich. It was satisfying. And now it's time to go take a nap. And let your body digest. But... If you came in and took a bite, so this is too rich and satisfying, I'm done. That's not what people do. (laughs) Then people don't understand God. Can you go to the next one? God's Word Translation. He said, I came so that my sheep will have life and so that they will have everything they need. Why would you want to run away from that? Having all our needs met. Well, I don't know about that. I'm going to get out of here. (laughs) Amplified Classic. Classic says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Why would you want to get out of that? The only reason is because we have a misunderstanding and we actually think God is dealing with that first part. But no, that's not why Jesus came. He came so that we would have life and have it to the full. That we could enjoy life. That we would have overflowing life. The Almighty, the King of the universe, came in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ in order for us to be redeemed so that we could have the life that's described here. That being that knows everything about us, that knows where we come from, he knows our faults. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our mistakes. Yet he wants a rich and satisfying life. He knows us, but his will is good. He is not looking at us going, well, I know that about you. So you're, he's not trying to disqualify us. He's trying to get us to look to him so that we'll walk in what he came to provide. He came to provide it. He laid his life down for it, which is what we're going to talk about today. And then what? He wants to take it away from us. He's looking for a way for us not to have what he came to provide. That doesn't make any sense. That's not him. He laid down his life to give something to us, to have a rich life, and then he's going to look at every opportunity to disqualify us. That's not the heart of God. Men do that. We don't always act perfect. But he is not like that. His heart is to bless us. His heart is to have us have a great life. That's His heart. And if we're not seeing certain things, we need to know regardless of what we see, His heart is for us to have a great life. Always. He is not the one that's trying to steal from us. He's the one that's trying to give to us. Can you put up John... um, 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Why did He give His only begotten Son? Because He so loved the world. That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is the reason Jesus came. For God did not send His his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That's the whole reason Jesus came, is so that men could be saved. When we talk about men, it's general, mankind. Men could be saved, not so that we would be condemned. That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, um, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound us toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, of of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to, to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory." Verse 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood. Well, what is that? He gave His life through His blood, by shedding His blood. So we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. So through what He did, we have redemption. Because, and we talked about it last week that we have been accepted in the beloved. Because we've been accepted, now we have an inheritance. Now we can expect life. Why? Because we're so awesome, because we're so great. Be, no, because of what he did. This is why you can expect that good life even when you miss it. If we'll come before God and just acknowledge and say, Lord, I missed it. That's the whole reason He came, so that you didn't have to rely on everything you're doing. If we have to rely on everything we're doing, we're just back without a Savior again. We're supposed to rely on what He did. That's why even when you blow it, we're not supposed to wallow in the fact that we blew it. We're supposed to get up and acknowledge Him and still expect good. That's because we've been accepted by Him. We've been redeemed by Him, and His blood and His sacrifice doesn't change just because you missed it. If it did, you know, there are billions of people on the earth, not all of them Christians. But if His sacrifice were changed because of the performance of mankind, what would that mean? Well, we're done millennia ago. We're all done. But see, the thing is, His sacrifice, what He did, is not affected by failure of humanity. It remains unchanged. Men can reject Him. Men can fail. But, but His sacrifice is the same. It's already been done. So our acceptance in Him is... And the fact, the basis on which we would expect this overflowing life is not us. If it is, we're done. I don't care who you are. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And so if we're basing our expectation of good on what we do, then we're going to have low expectation because it'll work as long as you're doing well. But as soon as you mess up, now you expect bad. Well, that sounds like you're just working according to, I mean, you're just living according to everything you do. What did Jesus do then? If we're just going to live according to our own efforts, what did, what did he come to accomplish? Why did he come? If you're going to just get based on what you do, then how is that different than anybody else in the world? How is that different than any other religion? It's not any different. But when we come to Him, and we, we know us, we're not perfect, but we come to Him based on what He said. We read in John 10.10, 10, we read in John 3.16. He came... That the world, that it would not perish, but have everlasting life. What? Whoever does awesome and does everything perfect, they'll have everlasting life. It doesn't say that. It says whoever believes on him. See, this is, this is a stumbling block for the world. It says it's a stumbling block because people are like, what? You mean you're going to be able to walk, you're going to get something that you didn't earn? Yep. How do you receive it? By faith? By faith, what does that mean? By you believing that Jesus did it. How are you going to access this abundant life? Because you believe Jesus provided it. We sort of understand this in some natural things, although it's it's not pervasive in the way we act. You know, how would, if somebody were to give you a, a sizable gift, let's say they put it in a bank account, you know, whatever, sizable, let's say it's a few thousand dollars. If you believed them, you could access it. Let me ask you, if somebody gave you a gift and told you it was there and told you how to access it, what does your performance have to do with the fact that the gift is there and waiting for you? Does it have anything to do with it? I mean, I'm saying they, they gave you a gift. They didn't stipulate if you do such. They said they gave you this. It's waiting for you. Here's where you pick it up. But what if you said, but I, I just I haven't done everything right. OK, so what? The gift is still waiting for you. Would it change anything? What if you said, yeah, but it's you know, you don't understand. I really blew it last week. What if you were to bring that up in a business meeting? What if they were talking about you receiving this gift and you're bringing up your personal performance? What would they say? Um, okay, but sir, we're not here to talk about your personal life. Do you want this? Here's how you access this, 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 this financial information. Here's what you do. Um, this person has given you this. Uh, if you want to access it, you do such and such. Yeah, but you don't understand. I've, really, I've messed up. They would look at you and and probably with embarrassment for you. It's what people would call a cringy situation. That's cringy, you know, I've heard. Uh, You're in this situation and they're like, this is embarrassing. Why are you bringing this up? Yeah, but last week, I mean, and four years ago. Oh my gosh, there was this one night. And if you started launching into the details, people are like, Yeah, but that doesn't really have anything to do with the current business. Can we get back to the meeting? You feeling bad or feeling that doesn't really have anything to do with the fact of they gave you this. Now, are you going to access it or not? What you did didn't make any difference. It's whether you're going to act in what or act on what is being said now. So they're going to tell you how to access it. Now, what could disqualify you? Or not disqualify, but keep you from getting it? If you said, I just don't believe it, I don't, I'm not worthy, and I don't, I don't, I don't see how they anybody would do that for me. You could walk out of the room, never access it, but it's yours, it's it's there, but you don't believe it. Right? Right? That's what people do with Jesus every day. And I'm not talking about just people that aren't Christians. People that are Christians think this is too good to be true. That Jesus redeemed us and because of what He did we can enjoy an abundant life, and that's what His will actually is for us. We can do one of two things. We can say, I, you don't understand. I know, I know I'm saved. I believed on Him, but I just, you know, I, I, I've made these mistakes, and just last week I did such and such. And so, you know, made your bed, you can lie in it. I'm here. I just, I just, I can't believe it. Okay. What does that have to do with what Jesus did? He gave it. Now, I'm not saying I'm not advocating. It's a different. We can't cover everything. I'm not advocating. We go out and just do whatever. The Bible says the wages of sin are death. If we act like that, we need another teaching. Okay. We need we need to hear something else. But so many Christians are in the state. That God, they're not, they're not out trying to sin, trying, they're not, they're not thumbing their nose at God. They're not going, yeah, whatever, and going out and just seeing how much bad they could do. A lot of Christians are not in that boat, but they are walking and God has provided an abundant life, but they're doing a good job and they're actually, their heart is toward God. Yet, because of their mistakes and failures, they look at something like what we're talking about, that God is, uh, is there to get, that Jesus came to give us an abundant life and say, I hear it. I know I'm saved, but it's hard for me to believe that I could actually walk in that. Why? Because I've done so and so. Well, that is looking at, at, at what we've done and disqualifying ourselves from the gift that God gave through Jesus. So we could do that or we could say. Yep. I've missed it. I made mistakes. I'm not perfect, but nobody else is perfect either. And that's the whole reason Jesus came. And if he said he came and he said, if I believe on him that I would not perish but have everlasting life. And he, if He said, I came to have abun- that you may have abundant life, and if He said, by His blood I'm redeemed, and I just believe Him enough, take Him at His word, that if He said it, I'm going to believe it. And so, okay, here we go. Hallelujah. I've blown it here, here, and here, but Jesus said, I can still have abundant life. I believe, I'll take that. And that's like sitting in the meeting, and they're trying they're telling you about a gift and you're saying, "Really? Me?" <laughs> and you're thinking in your mind, "I did this and this and this, but that person's giving it and all I got to do is I just have to access it the way you're telling me. I'm in." Where do I sign? And you don't have to drudge up all the junk and you're just like, "Oh yeah, sir, okay." And you're just smiling and you're like, "Can't believe this. This is awesome." You're not bringing up all last week or four years ago. You're just saying, hey, you said it. This is a legal document, right? I signed where? Here. And I date it here, right? That's it? All right. Show me the money. <laughs> oh, that's too good to be true. It's the Bible. Glory to God. This is why we should be so excited. Because we don't deserve it. Because we're not perfect. But God, through Jesus, came and He provided an abundant life. And we can tap into it today. Regardless of how, if we missed it. Why? Because He came. Because He died. Because He laid down His life. That's why we can have life. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just stop and praise Him just for a moment. Lord, we thank You. We thank You. We thank You for what You have redeemed us from, that You have uh, put before us, that You've given us through the Lord Jesus and His sacrifice, that You provided for us everlasting life. We believe it. And an abundant and overflowing life. Praise God. Glory to God. Well, we looked at this a little bit, but look, look at um, Romans 4. I'm trying to get a little bit further, but let's go to Romans 4. You guys okay? Romans 4, verse 23. It says, Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. This is talking about uh, Abraham. But also for us, it shall be, he's talking about righteousness. What's righteousness? It's right standing with God. This is the state of being right with God. Not looking at God and going, oh, I'm so bad, but saying, we're cool. We're good. How could somebody stand in the presence of the Almighty? Only because of Jesus. Nobody can presume to stand in the presence of the Almighty and say, I'm good enough. Except the man Jesus Christ came in our stead and paid the price so that you and I can stand in the presence of Almighty God. The only reason that I can stand up here and preach and that you can be in here and that we can have the presence of God in here and not be dead is because of Jesus. We talk about the Spirit of God moving. Do, Do you understand if we were in the presence of the Spirit of God without the blood of Jesus, we would be dead. They couldn't do it in the Old Covenant. They had to jump through hoops and hoops. The high priest had to do all this stuff, and if he didn't do it right, he was dead. And we walk around with the presence of God not in some place in us. Not in some house, not in some man-made, like it was in the Holy of Holies. It is in us. Do you realize the only way that can be is because of what Jesus did? And we can we can take it for granted. You and I are walking in something people could not even touch. Not because God's mad at people. That's not why people died under certain condition, conditions in the Old Covenant. It's because His presence was there and man can't come in contact with it. But now we can. Why? Because of what Jesus did. That's it. Well, then how... That If He's that same way promised abundant life. Well, how do we access it? Because of what Jesus did. So he says, It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. What shall be imputed? Righteousness shall be imputed to us who live a perfect life and don't ever do anything wrong and have made no mistakes. That's not what it said. It said, who believe in him who raised up our Lord Jesus our Lord from the dead? This is why it's a stumbling block. But it's real. The, the, rea- the truth, this is a truth and a reality. It's not something just somebody wants to believe. It's the word of God. God is the highest authority in the universe. And if he, if in the laws of the universe, we needed to be redeemed... Because we were lost, and the only thing that would redeem us is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not about well, you just want to believe that to make you feel good. It is legally the way it is in the universe. Whether somebody believes that or not, as far as believes that that could be possible, has nothing to do with it being true. In other words, somebody could poo-poo it and say, "Well, that I just don't. You know, that's just your." That's your fairy tale that makes you feel good. Either what we believe is truth or it's not. And if it's just a fairy tale, and we're living the way we live just because you know, it makes us feel good, then Paul said in the place, we're of all men to be pitied, above all, because we're just believing a lie. But if it's the truth, and the only way that you can be right with the Almighty is through the blood of Jesus, and that's the only way, then whether somebody poo-poo-poos that or not, it does not matter. It's truth. And then the only way we can access Him is believing. That's it. Why? Because He said that, and because that fulfills justice in the universe. That's it. And somebody look and say, well, this person's living so good, but this person believes on Jesus. Which one's justified? Which one justified means to be declared righteous? Which one? Which one in a court of law, which this is, the highest court, the blood of Jesus is the only thing that will be accepted for us to be right with God? That's it. What if somebody comes and goes, yeah, but I am, I've done X, Y, and Z in the court of law? It means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. That would be like you going into one of our courts and trying to make a case based on something that has nothing to do with the law. They would have to throw it out. Yeah, but I'm a really good person. Yeah, but this is still the law. Right? God, He sent Jesus. So that the righteousness would be imputed to us or transferred to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Verse 25, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. That's the reason he was delivered up, not because of somebody else, not because of his, but because of what we had done. And verse 1 says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Skip down a few verses to Romans 8. says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were yet, or we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Do you see, everything goes back to him. Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Notice, it is not coming and saying, you do such and such. The foundation is Him. The foundation is what He has done. Verse 10, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Notice that. We shall be saved by his life. We shall be saved by his life. His life. His life. It's by what he has done. Not saved because of everything we've done. Not Reconciled to God because of what we've done, not declared righteous, not being justified by what we've done. No, it was because of the Lord Jesus Christ that we can come into this life that he's provided. And that's how we can have expectation of good. Period. Praise God.